How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. All right, I am here with Kwame. He is an educational consultant and author, and he's here to tell us all about his journey as an entrepreneur and an educator. Um, And so can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey to business and becoming an entrepreneur? Of course, Alyssa, and it's an honor to be on your podcast and to talk with your audience. Uh, My name is Kwame Salfamensa, and I'm a 15-year educator. I've taught middle school math pretty much my entire career. And over the past couple of years, I've transitioned into educational consulting, as Alyssa mentioned. So the name of my company is Identity Talk Consulting. And we've been in operation for about a year and a half at this point. And it's been steadily growing in terms of clientele, in terms of just content, everything else, which we're going to get into in more depth. Uh, But as far as being an entrepreneur, it's definitely a process that you have to go through. It requires a lot of persistence. It requires you to be your biggest fan because there are going to be times where no one's going to be watching what you're doing or no one's going to be aware of the content you're putting out there, no matter how good it is. And you have to be your biggest advocate, especially when you're in a room alone and you need that pick her up to get you uh, motivated and keep on going. Uh, but there's just so many ups and downs that come with this journey, but you embrace all of them and you just see where it takes you. Totally can relate to that. There, <laughs> Everybody started out with zero followers. We all just came to this space because we had something we're passionate about that we wanted to get out beyond the four walls of our classroom, but we all started with crickets. So you you got to push past that because if you don't, you can get stuck right there and not make any progress. So what advice would you give to teachers who are, um, they're working in the classroom full time, they have a passion they want to talk about, they want to get it out to the world, and they're trying to build a business and teach full time. You've been through this. You, you've been doing this a year and a half. What advice would you give to them? I would say just take baby steps. So as you know, Alyssa, when you're building a business, it's an incremental process. You're not going to get it all down within a week or a month. There are different components that you have to add little by little. So in terms of my journey, it started off with my book, Shape of the Teach Identity. A lessons that help define teacher and you. So this was January 2018 when I started writing a book. I was on paternity leave with my son, who's now three years old. And honestly, I had no aspirations of starting a business. I just wanted to 
uh, do something that was going to be, you know, relevant to teachers, but it was more of a passion project. So I went ahead, I wrote the book over the course of three months when I was on leave. By the time I got back into the classroom, February 2018, I was into the editing and formatting process of, of that book. And eventually I was able to publish it December 2018 to little fanfare. Although my first customers were my colleagues at my previous school and they bought copies right away. But I had no sense of business. I was just happy to finish a book because ironically, I was an IEP student who had issues with speech. So to be in a position where I'm writing a book and English language arts was my weakest subject growing up, just all throughout K to 12 education, uh, it was just an amazing feat personally. And after I published, I had a friend who was also an author, more established at that time. And she told me that you're not going to make a lot of money just selling books unless you're a big time author and you could just sell, be a bestseller within a few days. You have to find other ways to disseminate the information from your book because you have such great content. So she gave me the idea to start doing professional development workshops based on the content from the book. So I started to do free workshops at nearby school districts. Um, also did some free talks at different universities where they would give me small honorarium uh, for just coming to speak with teacher candidates. And a lot of work I was doing was very much in the business world called pro bono work. But at that time, <laughs> it was just, I'm going to just go ahead and volunteer because you're trying to make a name for yourself and build authority as a brand and, and as an influencer, whatever you want to call yourself, right? So in order for you to do that, you have to get the receipts. And by receipts, I mean you need recommendations, you need testimonials. Uh, and that's one thing you can definitely do right now. So if you're still in the classroom and maybe your principal or your school leader needs you to lead a professional development workshop, or to be a part of a leadership team within that school community, that's an opportunity for you to build authority because you're taking on extra responsibilities that transcend your job description. So I know for me, whenever I did a professional development, I always made sure I had colleagues, you know, write a testimonial. And sometimes you can get those testimonials just from the end of, the survey that you have to fill out at the end of your workshops, that's a good source to get those um, testimonials from. Sometimes you can just email people who know you really well and just say, hey, can you tell me how the um, workshop impacted you? Can you tell me you know, how I've influenced your teaching and, and, and your career as a professional? Anything that's going to let people know what my value is. Can you share that with me? And honestly, they don't have to be paid clients. It could be clients who are friends of yours, and the world doesn't know that. They just see a testimonial on the website, and it's like, oh, wow, this guy's really good, or this, this woman's really good. I need to check her out. So testimonials is a way to build authority, because 
when you're starting out, nine times out of ten, people aren't going to know who you are. So uh, definitely getting those testimonials is key, but also understanding your vision for your business or for your venture. So the name of my, so going back to my story, the name of my company is Identity Talk Consulting. Where did I get Identity Talk from? Hmm. I just went to my book, Should Teach Identity, and said, I'm going to just do a spinoff of the book. So the book is the foundation to this day of everything that I do. Everything spun off from this book. The philosophies, my theories, the content, all stems from my story. And if you look at some of the most influential people in our education, consulting space, whether it's a, a Dave Burgess, whether it's a Ron Clark, uh, Bruti Cafele, who there's so many of them, they all start off with a story. Whenever they do their engagements, they always tell their story or some iteration of it. And that's how they're able to maintain clientele. That's how they're able to maintain business because people are so captivated by the human element of the story. And your story is your receipts too because people want to relate to people who have been through the trenches, who have been in a classroom. So for me, whenever I'm able to talk to different districts, different schools, they're always fascinated by the fact that I can relate to the teachers in ways that other consultants aren't able to because I've lived the experience. I've taught curriculum. I know about pedagogy, right? I know about classroom management and all the other finer aspects of what we do um, as educators. So that gives me more credibility. That gives me more authority as as um, a consultant or, or an influencer, right? And I know I'm going over the place to listen, so stop me whenever, because I could talk about it all day. I have a whole bunch of notes, <laughs> and I think actually what you said, it really makes sense. And if you think about how, I was just kind of like tracing your steps to where you are right now, and you started by just jumping in. You started with this book idea and you're like, let me just do this. Let me just see what happens. And so many of us get stuck right there. It's like, well, I'd like to write a book. Well, I have this passion topic, but I just, I can't, I can't do it for whatever reason. Uh, there's already all, the, all these people talking about this. It's too hard to try to write a book. Um, nobody's going to want to buy my book. The, the key element there is like, you got to just do something and then see what comes of it. And that got you to really think about consulting and then opened up all of these doors. It's this combination of like taking a small step, but also having the vision of where it's going to go. Right. It's that combo. Yes. And it reminds me of a post that I put up recently on Twitter. Um, I tweeted that when you're in business or when you're just doing anything at all in order to get success, you have to dive into the pool of fear right? And yeah. allow your resiliency to help you stay afloat. And you're not going to thrive if you don't take the dive. <laughs> I mean, I love that. It, it, I love that. It, it, it's really that simple. You have to just embrace fear and let that be a motivating factor. For so long, I allow fear to be a deterrent 
to my dreams and aspirations. But then over time, I started to see other colleagues take that dive. And I said to myself, wow, they're just like me, you know, kind of a regular Joe, and they're just writing a book just because they want to write it and it's led to the success. That can be me because I know that I have the experience, I have the, the intellectual property. So, and that's another thing too. We spend so many years writing lesson plans, creating curriculum, right? Creating worksheets, right? And I'm not just talking about teachers pay teachers, which is great. I'm taking, I'm saying, let's go beyond that, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But that's intellectual property, people. All these things you create, your worksheets, the dittos, your lesson plans, archive them, save them, because you never know when they'll be handy. So now, whenever I'm doing workshops or creating decks for them, I'm able to draw back to some of those old lesson plans and just say, all right, I did this. Here's what I tried in the classroom. Now I want to teach you all how to do it. Even taking a PD, you, you, you've invested in yourself. You attend a professional development training and you, you get some ideas from that training and you develop as a teacher. Now we almost have a responsibility or a calling to spread that because not everybody has access to every professional development. So having a, you know, I feel like having this drive, if you're somebody who's listening to this podcast, you have a drive. There's something in you that says, I can do something like this. So then when you have this this intellectual property, like you say, and you're developing as a teacher and you have these ideas, now it's about sharing them with the world. And if you stand on the edge of the pool, like you said, and you're you're staring at the icy cold water and you're like, this is this is gonna be terrifying. I can't jump in, I can't jump in, and you're stuck there, then you're keeping your ideas away from a teacher who really needs it, like really could use your ideas and could it could benefit kids in the long run. So you have to jump in the pool because it benefits kids. And that's what we're here for. Right. And any successful entrepreneur will tell you the same thing, but probably in a different way, probably using a different metaphor. Yeah. I love, I'm all about the metaphors I've used. I love the pool one. I love that because it can go so many ways. It's like you could talk about, you can dip your toe in the water or you can just jump in like you did and write a book. <laughs> so, right. but I like, I like the if we want to just if if we want to dip our toe in the water and we don't want to jump all the way in. I love what you said about keep it local. Go do a go do a free PD and get some testimonials, get some credibility. Even I was at a PD one time where the leader of the PD she said, you know, everybody was loving her training. They were like, "This is great. I can't wait to use it." It was one of those trainings that you actually really valued. And at the end, she she said if you want the slides, the slide deck from this training, come up and write your name and email down. And I'm, I really love marketing. So I was watching her and I was like, that was a good move because all of a sudden there was a line to write the name and email down. And there was this FOMO. It was like everybody had to get in line to write down their name and email. And she was building her email list. It can yep. be that simple. It doesn't right. have to be complicated. And, and then, um, and then also with regard to just, dipping your toe in the pool you can even start a blog like there are so many educators who are blogging right now and blogging is something that's very much monetizable right if you yep. do it the right way 
just talking about what goes on in the classroom because people are all about relatability. They want to connect with people who they can relate to. Um, when you think about even President Obama, not to get too much into politics, one of the reasons why people gravitated towards him was because he was just a relatable person. He wasn't condescending. He listened to the same music other people listened to. You know, he wasn't afraid to, you know, to get his hands dirty and to just be one of the guys, right? Like and laugh at himself. Laugh at make himself, a joke. Say joke. Like people want people who are relatable, who they can look at and say, Wow, he sounds like me. He looks like me. He's gone through the same trials and tribulations as I have. So therefore, I'm more inclined to listen to this person as opposed to somebody who doesn't have the experience and they're just there just talking, just talking just from like research and, and other sources, right? Such an, it's a, such a great point. It's sometimes when we start our business, we think we have to look like everybody else, but actually when we lean into who we really are, like for me, I'm a mom. So I'm constantly like posting videos with baby food on my shirt. And like, it's fine because it just shows other moms that this is, this is life. Like this is real. This is what life looks like. And it's, you've got to be relatable. People love that. I like that suggestion. Okay. So I have like a whole list of questions that I'm dying to ask you. And now we're, we, I, I could, t I feel like I could talk to you all day on some of these topics. So let me look at my questions and make sure I'm not missing anything, but I wanted to, uh, okay, here's where I wanted to go. So we were talking about your book and, um, you're, I want to like dig into the topic of your book because I think that that could really help my listeners too. Uh, so your book is called Shaping the Teacher Identity, Eight Lessons That Will Help Define the Teacher in You. And you call it a self-help book for teachers looking to define their roles as agents of change in the classroom. Can you tell us more about like what is the content of the book? And I know it was your passion topic. What really inspired you to put that passion topic out into the world? And, and once again, when you look at the subtitle, A Lessons That Help Define the Teacher in You, and then you look at Identity Talk Consulting, the tagline is, stay true to the teacher in you, right? And what does that mean exactly? So often in education, we're forced to be compliant. We're forced to follow protocols. We're forced to follow rules and norms that don't necessarily align with what we truly believe in as educators, as advocates for young people. So when I wrote this book, I thought about my early years as an educator and some of the bumps that I went through along the way. And uh, with regard to just that topic, there's so much there that we can look at. So for instance, we all came to education because of something that happened in our lives. Maybe it was a teacher that inspired us. Maybe it was a specific life experience that was so compelling and influential that it spurred us into this direction. Um, sometimes it might've been just a role model within the community that just said, wow, you could be a teacher one day. You should go for it. And that was the words that you needed to actually make that move, right? 
So we all come to education, obviously. Well, I would hope that for all of us is because we want to have an impact on children and their families and the greater community. But there are different ways in which we got there. I know in my case, I got to education because there are so few black men in education, which is still an issue today. I mean, only 2% of black men are classroom teachers or, or in education in general, compared to approximately 80% you know, white teachers in our teaching force. That's still something we're combating with. So for me, I want to show young people that there's a different way to have impact in your community. You don't have to go into athletics, which is always stereotypical for black people. You don't need to go into entertainment, which is also stereotypical. There are other career paths you can take that aren't as amplified, that still have equal or in some cases greater impact than those popular uh, professions, right? So with this book, it's all about defining or figuring out what your life story is and how that impacts the work you do as educators, understanding the importance of authenticity, that you're already good enough when you step into the classroom. So many of us come in from our practicum and we're looking for the 15 or 20 year teacher to give us direction right away. Not that you shouldn't because they do bring some value, but there's also something called ageism that happens where, okay, because I have this seniority, I automatically am a better teacher or more competent than you are, but sometimes that's not the case. It's all about how competent you are. And when you get into that 15, 20 year mark, some of us, we get complacent. We recycle the same lesson plans, the same practices, either because there's little to no accountability for you to enhance your practices or, or whatever cir circumstance you're in. But in order for you to have longevity in education, you have to know who you are, your identity. And I'm not just talking about your race. I'm talking about whether it's your sexual orientation, how you identify in terms of gender, um, language, um, just your overall upbringing. All those components that fall under culture shape who you are. And when you mix that gumbo, there you go, the metaphors. When you mix up that gumbo, you it. have yourself a teacher identity that is unique to who you are. And when you are true to who you are and you know who you are, you're not going to be swayed by anybody or, or by anybody because you have your own philosophy, your own vision for what education should look like in your classroom, and no one's going to deter you from that or knock you off of that path because you identify that for yourself. And that's really the, that's how, and that's basically what the overarching message of the book is. So good. I think all of that applies to business too. As I'm listening to you, I'm hearing, you know, your identity is your story. And you said as business owners, having our story gives us credibility and people love stories. So the more you can lean into your identity and your story and your vision, and the more rock solid you are in that, the better 
business owner you're going to be because there's going to be some shaking that happens as a business owner. Like you, there will be conflict. There's no way when you start putting your ideas out into the world, um, there's going to be, there's just going to be friction, which actually I think is great because in the world of education, getting into the difficult conversations is what helps us grow. So we have to do that. So tell us about the conference, the summit. Um, I cannot believe you put that together in three months. That is definitely an accomplishment. Uh, there's a lot that goes into putting together a summit, but your your summit sounds amazing. Stay true to the teacher in you virtual summit. We have to hear about it. At the time this is podcast is airing, it'll be about a week before the summit okay. is live. So tell us about it and tell us how we can get there. Absolutely. So stay true to teacher and you summit. It's all about authenticity. And as teachers, it is important for us to prioritize our personal but also our professional selves in order to do the work necessary to impact our students, but also the communities in which we, res- we reside in, right? So with this summit, I decided to focus on three things. One, teacher wellness and self-care, because during this pandemic, with virtual learning, hybrid learning, and all the flip-flopping going on, teachers have, have been dealing with so much trauma, students as well. And it's led to teacher turnover, it's led to low teacher retention in certain districts in our nation and beyond. It's a very stressful time still for teachers. So we need to have workshops that focus on decompressing and helping teachers remain sane during these difficult times. So we that's why that was one of our main areas. Uh, second area, social-emotional learning. Goes back to the original point I made about students struggling with trauma, separation anxiety from their friends and peers and their favorite teachers, right? We have to figure out how we're able to connect with our students emotionally through the computer screens. And that means talking about restorative practices, right? That means talking about um, just courageous conversations and, and, and just all these other things in order to get a sense of what's going on in their psyche. Because kids carry trauma too, depending on what their family makeup is, depending on what their neighborhood is, like what the inequities are within their communities. Like you just never know what somebody's going through unless you actually speak to them, right? We get so caught up with instruction and content that we forget the human element of the work that we do, especially now. Like, do you realize that there are people who have died from this virus, people who have died from COVID-19, students, teachers who are dedicated to their job and kept on coming into their buildings, right? They, they lost their lives doing what they love to do, but also being compliant. And that's the other part with staying true to the teacher and you, staying true to your principles, not being afraid to self-advocate, not being afraid to amplify and to speak up for yourself. So that leads me to my last thing, which is culturally responsive anti-racist practices. We have to know how to center the cultural, historical, and lived experiences of Black and Indigenous people of color, whether it's through curriculum, whether it's through our interactions, whether it's through 
doing a personal audit of our, in our, of ourselves to see what biases we have, what preconceived notions we have with regard to race, class, gender, sexuality, et cetera, et cetera. We have to have workshops and conversations around that as well. So those three main buckets are going to be the main uh, foci for the summit. And in terms of what the benefits are, why you should do the summit. One is within the confines of your home. All these sessions are going to be pre-recorded. And after the summit is actually over, you'll have access to all the workshops, replay access for almost two months. And if I'm, and you know what? And I might even extend it because guess what? I created a summit, so I have the ability to extend it as long as I want, right? Talk about autonomy and agency. Uh, so that's one. Also, you get 10 professional development hours, which will be in the form of a certificate of completion, which you can, and you'll get a letter too, which you can then submit to your school district, your department of education, who's responsible for um, recording your, your professional development. Um, hours. Um, and then also, it's 22 educators who are going to be pouring into you for four days, pouring into you. 22 educators who are taking the time to, to record, share knowledge, give you resources. And some of these educators are also consultants. They're best-selling authors. They're people who Probably some of you know just through social media, and, and they're pouring into you just out of the goodness of their heart. And it's all for $99. Think about pre COVID when you were going to those conferences where you're paying, I don't know, on average, let's say $400 for the registration fee. And if it's out of state, you pay for lodging, transportation, you're paying for an Uber, right? Airfare, you're paying to get on get on a flight to get to that destination, and you're only there for two, three days, and it's all concurrent sessions, so you're not able to see everybody. You can only choose like three people out of thirty, and you don't get that that continuity of a relationship. It's like a one and done kind of deal, which is typically how most conferences are. But with this, you get to stay connected with people. Who are just like you, who are going through the, who are in the trenches like you, who are impacting like you, and, and want to do good work, and they're all about community. So the relationships don't end after the conference; they still keep on going. So that's just that's just another reason to just do it. Uh, that sounds amazing. I can't, those three topics are talk about having a pulse on the virtual community. Um, so needed right now is just something that people need right now and this and this goes back to the importance of character the importance of just doing good deeds right like there are people who have told me wow Kwame only $99 though this easily should be triple digits I know that but I also know that people are going through financial hardships as well people aren't getting paid at their district so you gotta just you gotta understand what people are going through and and also understand that when you do these good deeds only good things are going to come in the future the more you do it. You're just depositing into this bank. So needed. And so I'll link to that um, in the show notes with all the details. It starts April 16th, right? 
April 16th. Yes, that's a Friday. Okay, great. And um, yeah, so I'll make sure to link to that and I'll include a whole bunch of links in the show notes for people to connect with you. But what's the best place if people are like, they just listened to this episode. I want to talk to Kwame. Like I got to go tell, I got to go connect with them. Where's the best place for them to connect with you? Um, I would say you can visit the Identity Talk Consulting website at Identity Talk Numeral 4 educators.com that's where you'll find information about my services information about the courses information about the summit the podcast even some of my publications that i've done over the past couple years you'll be able to see everything uh, within that website Thanks for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. I love hearing from you. So if you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. You can also join our Facebook group, Teacher Hustle Podcast, to chat about all things business, mindset, and marketing. I also love to chat in the Instagram DMs, so send me a DM or tag me in your post. My name is Teacher by Naptime over there. I'll see you in the next episode.